And the time is nearly upon us for the next installment of the Border Gavaskar Trophy, Australia versus India in a test series. I'm Karthik Ayer, this is Stump Mike, and we're previewing this test series. With me are Daniel Bretik and Gaurav Sundaraman. Jan, I'm going to start with you first because uh, if I have it correctly, we're catching you just on your way back from Australia training. So what's hot off the presses? Well, what's hot off the presses is that Steve Smith didn't bat, which uh, is interesting um, at any at any time if he's not batting two days out from a test match. But in particular mm. today, he wasn't batting because he had a sore back that he uh, had uh, apparently tweaked in a quite innocuous moment when he bent down to pick a ball up. Um, any uh, anyone who's had any back trouble, or 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 anyone who's been a batsman, I I, I should add, um, at any stage of their life would would maybe um, uh, identify with that occasionally happening. So he uh, disappeared very early into the uh, fielding uh, section of the Australian training session. Um, had a quick word to the staff. Went into the dressing room. Uh, had a rub down, spent some more time in the in the dressing room, and eventually decided that he wasn't going to risk batting today. Uh, he'll have a bat tomorrow, um, and there's no suggestion that he's in any doubt to play. But I think the fact that he hasn't been able to hit anywhere near the volume of balls that he would usually want to hit leading up to a test match is a very significant thing, even if he if he does turn up to play. Because um, to give that a bit of context. Um, I remember vividly the hours and hours he spent in the indoor nets in Birmingham before the first test of the Ashes in 2019, just looking to try to get his feel going. And you know that um, he spoke earlier this season about needing to find his hands again and that he had done that, but um, it's always something that can go as well. So, uh, yeah, it's not necessarily as big a deal as Steve Smith might miss the test match, but to have his preparation interrupted when he's such an idiosyncratic character uh, is important nonetheless. I think in journalism parlance, this is what we call an injury scare days ahead of of the first test. Well, let's just hope that Smith is fit and firing in Adelaide. Gaurav, now coming to you, and I want to take a step back with you because I'm going to go out on a limb here. Actually, with you, it's not going out on a limb. I think it's pretty obvious that this is your favourite test series. And I would imagine, especially for all us Indian, maybe 90s kids growing up, it's getting up in the morning, putting on your coffee, switching on the television even before the sun rises. Yeah, It's not going to happen for the pink ball test, obviously, because that starts at a decent hour during the day. But how excited are you for the Series G stats? Yeah. Uh, uh, hi, Dan. Hi, Karthik. Uh, yes, uh, I'm very, very excited. It's just happening too often nowadays. You know, it used to happen once in four years. And now, thanks to the World Test Championship, it's happening uh, uh, once in two years. And that's very rare. So uh, I'm uh, even more excited. Uh, yes, full strength team, uh, at least uh, for the first test to a certain degree, I would say. Uh, although uh, Dan's uh, uh, thoughts about Steve Smith is giving me uh, scare that they're not going to have Smith and Warner again. <laughs> so let's see how that goes. But otherwise, uh, uh, we have Kohli, we have Smith, we have some internal battles. I think uh, it's going to be very exciting and I'm excited like any other India-Australia test series. And this time, even more because both teams are uh, really up for the challenge. They've, India have just won recently, which is very rare, right? It's never happened before. So they come in exactly knowing what to do and knowing how the Indian team usually prepares. They would try to go with the same plans which worked for them in 2018. So uh, watch out for a lot of similar uh, stuff which they did in 2018 again. So it's interesting that you mentioned that this is the first time India are coming into a test series in Australia, having won the previous one. Uh, 
do you feel that this team is looking at this test series in a different way simply because of that fact as opposed to the previous many years where we went there with a lot of hope we india did well quite a few times there as well but never coming away with the series win definitely because the attack is also exactly the same so they know exactly how to play these uh, uh, play the conditions how to play uh, the bowlers they know what irritates australia a lot so i'm sure the plan would be more or less the same yes there is some element of difference in terms of uh, it being a day night test uh, that is something new to india as well so uh, in terms of plans in terms of confidence i'm sure they will do and especially the bowling attack right you it's yes smith and labushain are there that makes a big difference but you still have bumrah and shami you still have uh, uh, the left handers uh, in travis head who played last time marcus harris played last time so there is some familiarity as well so uh, i think india will be very confident uh, i think one of the most confident they have been before a particular series so I, that win makes a big deal is a big deal for india garav can i ask you is this india's biggest quote unquote rivalry in test cricket uh yes yes okay dan now going on from that point so how is when india toured during australia how is it viewed in where where you're at in in australia i'm assuming the ashes is on a higher keel and then comes this test series yeah it's second only to the ashes in terms of the intensity of the interest within australia but having said that i would i would argue as well that um those two have been closing up in the last few years in line with say the 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 change of the the demographics of of australia obviously there's there's a huge indian expat population in australia these days as well um that makes a big contribution not only to uh, spectators at the grounds but eyeballs on the broadcast we've seen from um uh from Fox Cricket the uh, the the pay TV subscription broadcaster here they've been getting record audiences for the white ball matches uh against India which they you know promoted very heavily around Virat Kohli because of that same audience that I that I mentioned uh and and I think as well it's a um it's it's a really interesting mix in terms of there's obviously a a a, a bit of a culture clash in terms of of Australia and India and and the way that traditionally I think the two sides have have played their cricket at times but there's also um a, a feeling of commonality you know both um have got uh, shall we say complex histories with England and uh that that they uh, like to um assert themselves as the um uh, emergent force or the or the or the, the bigger force in in world cricket certainly Australia were that for a long time on the field and now India could claim to be that both on the field and off the field in the in the financial and and you know commercial kind of areas so uh those are some of the currents that that run through the series and at the same time uh i think it's it's also a matter of um the personalities that are that are that are playing um we haven't always had encounters between australia and india where you have the 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 charismatic likes of of coley of smith of warner when he's back fit uh, those um those sorts of of characters really do build up a series a little bit like when uh Saurav ganguly and and steve Waugh went went head to head um you know a, around 20 years ago you know that really elevated the series when um the australians started to recognize that uh well there there were some there are some street fighters in the in the indian lineup and we're not going to have it all our own way on that level 
So we're going to have to wait and see in this test series which captain makes the other wait for the toss. Yeah. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So before we get into a proper preview of of the test series, I just want to ask you guys, Dan, and we'll we'll continue with you. Um, there has been a lot of talk about India versus Australia having become too friendly now. I think a lot of it has to do with players knowing each other from the IPL. I personally, I don't mind it at all. I feel we're done with many, many years of a lot of aggro. And it's kind of nice to see, but I can get why people want a bit more, a bit more aggression with from both sides. What do you make of this? Well, there's two ways you can look at, look at it, aren't there? There's the fact that they know each other a little bit better. Generally, if you know someone a little bit better, you're less likely to want to call them names or whatever else it is. Um, because, uh, yeah, with, with that familiarity, you've got a different level of relationship. But I think the thing that is more um, important overall is that the teams have very high levels of knowledge of each other in a cricketing sense. And I think that makes for a better contest, particularly in the cut and thrust of test match cricket, because, um, you know, you, you thinking about... Um, uh, bowlers who 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 can't just rely on their obvious plan A to get out a batsman. They've got to think through plans B, C, D, and E. Sometimes even F if they get that far. So that's one of the things that that I think um, is really good about the familiarity and the, and the and the and the amount that these two sides play off against each other. Uh, and that also means that not only do they have to um, have to think a little bit more deeply in terms of their plans. They've also got to, whatever plans they choose, they've got to be able to stick at them for longer periods. So I, I think um, a lack of familiarity or you know, a lack of ability to research your opponent or have that first-hand knowledge of your opponent has probably at times in the past in the history of Test cricket, it brings with it some really great dramatic moments. But I think there is also a lot to be said for um, seeing how a couple of opponents, whether it be a batsman and a bowler or a couple of captains, um, really size each other up over time because then not only is each test match a, um, a long-form battle of its own, you've got, a, you've got a longer narrative there as well. So, Gaurav, would you rather see the cricket do the talking as opposed to players on and off the field? Yeah, I think so. I think they've had some great battles and I think, uh, like uh, Dan said the IPL has definitely changed a lot. And yes, we did have moments. It's not like it's not been there. It's, I would say, the last couple of years, maybe, after the uh, Australian scandal, because uh, you did see uh, when Australia toured India, the whole uh, brain fade moment and Kohli's press conference about uh, about the fact that none of the Australians are his friends anymore and stuff like that. So it's not like it's been very rosy all the time, even in the recent past. But yes, it's gotten a lot better. Uh, in the last two years, I think it's been all cozy, cozy. So uh, let's see. I don't know whether it will continue on the field. Uh, we have guys like uh, Stark and uh, Warner who always play it hard. And uh, there, there might be some moments. And again, it depends on how... The game is also uh, unfolding, you know, whether it's some teams been on the field for a long time or whether India is losing a lot or Australia losing a lot. There's so many small, small um, contests within 
the bigger contest so we could still see all those things happening on the field but yeah off the field i guess things have changed and and david bonner is more of what uh, indian tiktok star than anything else now so <laughs> absolutely right okay so because at least i think 50% of our listenership is from india we will start our team previews with india and gaurav i'm going to stick with you here i think the biggest talking point are the openers we have seen two warm up matches now one with the red ball one with the pink has shubman gill uh, made a case to take prithvi shaw's place so look it's not going to be it's not like shubham gill is uh, as has done exceedingly well in australia or something like that right we are actually uh, both both are going to be uh, kind of unknown when it comes to a test match in australia and uh, apart from mayank agarwal and uh, i think amir ilahi in 1947 no indian openers actually debuted in australia so it's not a very easy thing yes mayank has done it and mayank did it very well so i think that decision according to me if you ask me i think gill or shaw is not going to make such a big difference okay but what is going to make a difference is whoever plays it's very important to have a good opening stand in australia i i was looking at some uh, previous matches look, looking at some numbers it's all about even in 2003 famously akash chopra and virender sehwag they had some very good stands and that helped india put up a good total and that is very key in australia if you take the ping ball test for example 300 350 could be a match winning score and if you move to uh, melbourne brisbane and Sydney uh, you need those good first inning scores and that usually sets up games in Australia especially and for that you need your openers to perform so either way um, i'm actually not too fussed about whether gill plays or shaw plays they need to at least bat out the first couple of hours or bat out till lunch or at least give them a good start if shaw is playing he would want to start like sehwag a quick fire 50 60 is still good enough if either you bat time or bat out a quick runs so either way they have their roles so uh, i think if anybody plays uh, yes definitely gill looks a lot more better and shaw is more riskier but if shaw comes off you never know you know quick fire 70 60 is very very good in in uh, in a test where i think 300 350 would be a match winning score so uh, yeah let's wait and see who plays but my choice is uh, i think gill after this second warm up match All right so i think one of the biggest talking points heading into the test series dan is the fact that uh, virat kohli will not be there after the first test he's of course coming back to india for the birth of his first child uh, in the australian camp dan are they looking at this like they will get at least three much better chances to win tests after this first day night one with kohli away no i think the um abiding uh, sense from the australians Uh, at the moment, even though I'd say it's probably been a little bit shaken by all of the issues they've had with concussions and injury to Dave Warner and, and all of that kind of thing, but I think yeah, the, the abiding sense, as I say, is that they are a much better unit than they were in eighteen nineteen. They're obviously a much better unit in that they've got Smith back. They'll have Warner back later in the series, and they've also had um, the discovery or emergence of Manus Labuschagne. Um, so just in terms of runs, that's a huge difference. um but the other thing is that you know in 2018-19 something that um shouldn't be forgotten is that they were trying to kind of piece themselves back together after newlands that was their first home uh series after after newlands so they they were trying to figure out well how do we operate as an australian team how do we function now they also had um of course um 
a cameraman following their every move for the Amazon documentary that subsequently came out. So uh, there are all of those things going on. It's something that uh, I've, I've touched on in writing about Mitchell Stark and how he felt a little bit overwhelmed by the amount of, of noise and commentary on the, on the team and criticism of him in particular in, in that summer. And he's had to go away and figure out ways to, to deal with that since. Uh, so I think this team, having achieved a few things together, subsequently obviously retaining the ashes in England and then really carrying all before them at home last summer um, they've got a few as they say a few more runs on the board um, and feel much more confident uh, together as a unit this time around and I think that's kind of um, you know knowing the way that that um, that the Australian team uh, thinks and likes to talk about itself yeah of course there'll be a little bit of um, uh, um, awareness that India without Kohli is a, is a different team, um, but they're more focused on the fact that they think that they're a much better side this time around. And they also realise, because there's plenty of veterans of the 2017 tour, they realise that uh, Rahane is no slouch as a captain either. So it's not like they can um, uh, they can assume that the um, that the Indian chances have, have sailed away once uh, Kohli gets on the on the plane home after Adelaide. So they, they, I think they're yeah. That, that's that's probably a, a reason perspective of where they're coming from. Right. So we spoke about India's opening options. I think, Dan, it's only fair that we touch upon Australia's lack of them because there's there's no David Warner. There's no Will Pukowski. Uh If you were a selector, would you play Joe Burns? I think judging by the batting session that Joe Burns had today and it was a lengthy one and he hadn't even quite finished by the time I, I, I raced back uh, raced back here for, for the uh, for the podcast recording um, he was clearly trying to spend a long time sorting himself out and Justin Langer the coach spent a long time with him not as the head coach of the Australian team but really in a in in a um, uh, in, in a rolling up the sleeves batting coach kind of way, watching him from the umpire's position behind the bowler's arm, watching him from directly behind the stumps around the other end of the net, um, coming down for a few mid-pitch conferences after a few balls. He, he actually did it the first time after the first ball Burns faced in the nets. So there, there was really a sense of, of Langer trying to um, to work very closely with Burns and, and I think both encourage Burns but also figure out for himself whether or not he can pick him to to play. Of course, Marcus Harris was there as well. Justin Langer didn't pay him anywhere near as much attention uh, during um, during his net session. Uh, and then the, uh, the the third option, really, in terms of, of opening the batting, I, I think, is Matthew Wade. Um, not that Wade has done it a, a huge amount in first class cricket, um, and he certainly has never done it for Australia in a in a Test match, but. They see him as a similar kind of player to David Warner, you know, a, a, a counterpuncher who's who's good square of the wicket. That's obviously a big advantage in Adelaide to be a good puller and cutter. Um, and also someone who can set a bit of a tone for an innings if he, if he gets going. So um, there was certainly a clear sense from Justin Langer as well today that he would rather bring Wade from the middle order up to the top than move Manus Labashain out of number three because he's been so good there. Um, since the 2019 Ashes. So I think you will find that um, uh, it will be two of Wade, Harris and Burns. Okay, so pick 11 then, Dan. What would your 11 be? Uh, I think I'd probably go uh, up the top with Burns and Wade. 
I just think that um, while Burns hasn't made any runs of late, he's almost at that stage where you start to think, well, he's he's due for a score, isn't he? Um, and he's also a proven Test hundred maker. So those those two things, I think, weigh in his favour, provided they feel like they've done enough work with him in the nets um, leading into the into the game. Uh, Wade, as I say, he is is well suited to um, to Adelaide Oval in terms of his strengths. Uh, then that means that Labuschagne can stay at three, Smith can stay at four, um, Travis Head can stay at five, and then of course if he's continuing to pass all of his concussion marks, Cam, um, Cameron Green is at six, uh, and that you know we haven't mentioned him yet. He's another extremely exciting element of of this match and this series that uh, that Australia could be. Um, uh, debuting one so young and so talented and so clearly a, a standout. I think um, more so with the bat than with the ball at this stage, but with his height, pace and ability to move the ball, I'm not surprised that a lot of people are excited about him there. And then from then, the um, the team gets pretty straightforward in terms of the captain, Tim Payne, um, Stark, Cummins, Hazelwood and Nathan Lyon. Uh, Mitchell Stark, of course, came back from compassionate leave to be a part of this series. Um, and and got in yesterday. I don't I don't think um, uh, that absence is going to be necessarily a big barrier for him. He certainly was bowling quite quick and with a with a bit of swing with the pink ball in the nets tonight. Watched a little bit of him bowling to Manus, which was a great contest. Um, and of and of course he's got a phenomenal record in day night tests. So uh, yeah, I think the provided. Stark doesn't uh, fall up, fall over between now and the and the first ball. The bowling attack's pretty sorted. Gaurav, you mentioned the four Australia's four bowlers uh, at the start of this podcast. Will it be different for them this time around? You think? Personally, I feel Cummins is is a better bowler than than he was a couple of years ago. But apart from that, how how will they make sure that it's it's different this time around when? Last time, they, they weren't at their best. I think one of the plans which Australia generally, uh, which has worked for Australia, I know it worked for them uh, in the subcontinent, but I think they would try to keep up the same plan, especially they, in Australia, as well as uh, it's worked for them abroad, is to reduce the flow of runs, especially India like to score a lot of boundaries and uh, most teams, they try to uh, control the run rate. So that has been one of the key plans which Langer uh, also has emphasized many times and it's worked for them. So one of the key things which Mitchell Stark has to do is also control the flow of runs. He gets a lot of wickets, but he does give a lot of uh, boundaries and uh, take uh, India like that. You know, India have players in Kohli, Rahane and even Mayank Agarwal at the top. And if you have Patwi Shaw, uh, all these guys like hitting boundaries. And then you have Rishabh Pant if he plays. So basically, it's only Vihari and Pujara who are the guys who try to grind the opposition out. So... That for starters, if they can reduce uh, the flow of the boundaries, especially uh, uh, Mitchell Stark, I think you have Hazelwood who keeps it tight. And Pat Cummins was outstanding last season as well. And he is, like you said, he's improved even more. So uh, I think it's a brilliant attack. And I think we will see Hazelwood and Cummins bowl in tandem and Lyon and Stark bowl in tandem. And that's going to be the kind of plan they do with Chris, uh, with uh, Cameron Green also uh, I was very, very impressed with his bowling, uh, especially uh, the little he bowled in the practice matches. Height and he, he has this uh, ability to uh, swing. And uh, we saw what happened with India with uh, Jameson in New Zealand, right? I think he has he's much taller uh, than right. I think uh, Jameson is much taller than uh, Green, right? Yeah, yeah, Green. Like he, he, um, 
he's uh, he's six foot six foot six six foot eight um, and uses uses a fair degree of his height. So I mean, in terms of the bowlers that I've compared Green to when I've seen him bowl, he kind of looks a little bit like Stuart Broad, someone like that. Oh, okay. So yeah, so that 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 I think India he will. Uh definitely um, make the indian batsmen struggle i feel but overall uh, this australian attack is uh, if they continue from what i saw last summer against new zealand and pakistan they were outstanding if they can continue doing that uh, then yes i think um, uh, we can expect them to be a lot better than what they were in 2018 and and hey we shouldn't forget that hazelwood has got virat kohli out uh, what three in three and uh, maybe four in four uh, so we'll have to wait and see how that battle uh, goes. And uh, Dan, I think if we, if I remember right, last uh, before the 2018 series, um, the focus was all on Kohli and not much on Pujara. So do you think that this time they would be more uh, prepared for the Pujara as well? Oh, absolutely. Um, you know, the the fact that uh, Australia have, in relative terms, certainly to to some of the other countries around the world, had a bit of success against Kohli in the last uh, last couple of series they've played against him. I think it's pretty well known to them where they need to bowl to him early in his innings. They need to try to get him to 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 um, hang the bat or, or push hard at one uh, full and moving away outside the off stump. If there's a bit of bounce in the track, and even if there isn't, a couple of times in 2017 in India, they got him out that way as well. Um, I think the uh, the struggle for them uh, against Pajara, uh, well, the, the struggle for them against Pajara and also Kohli. Pajara, if the wicket isn't offering them enough bounce to hit him on the gloves or you know high up shoulder of the bat, something like that, early in the in the innings, um, they're just going to have to be really boring to him and bowl maidens. Um, and in terms of Coley, I think they're still trying to figure out, well, how do we get him out once he gets himself in? Um, because the, um, the, the fact of the, the matter is that um, they're very confident in, in how they can try to get him out early, but uh, much less so once he's established at the crease. And, uh, you know, the fact that he was able to get 100 in Perth last time around on a pitch where they didn't really have much problem with getting Pajara out, that, that, that kind of... Um, underlines the, um, the, the 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 difference in the challenge that they have dealing with those two. Gaurav, you said earlier that you'll you'll probably have Shubman Gill and Mayank on top. I'm assuming Pujara and Kohli are the next to follow. So, what's your remaining India eleven like? Yeah, so it's Gill, Mayank, Pujara, Kohli, Rahane, uh, Vihari, Pant. That's that. That's the next big thing, isn't it? Which wicketkeeper will uh, India go with? Yeah, so they've been pretty vocal about the fact that Pant is their first choice overseas keeper and they want Saha in the domestic, uh, in Indian conditions to keep against the spinners. And look, Saha will both, Saha is the better keeper, okay? But Pant, where the ball is not going to swing as much as England and stuff, I think Pant will, his keeping would be okay in uh, Australia. And the fact is, look, there are two ways to look at it. One is if you're if you're say 140 for five or one 140 uh, struggling, you might want a Saha there to grind it out and bat with the tail and take the score up uh, to 250 or or whatever. And whereas Pant, you don't know what you can get from him. You can get a quick fire, the hundred of 90 balls or 70 or 60 balls or even run a ball 70, or you could get him out uh, very very early. So. 
I would still want someone like Pant there because, you know, India's tail also is not uh, an ex- excellent tail. Uh, they could really fold very quickly. And uh, so that's why I, I have Pant because I think his quick runs might actually help and he, he could attack Nathan Lyon, quick fire, a couple of sixes in two overs and you the score just uh, gallop. So that's the reason I picked Pant. And uh, then you have Ashwin followed by Bumrah, Shami and Umesh. I'm fairly confident Umesh would start because of the experience with the pink ball. And generally, he, uh, he's he been pretty good if he gets uh, his line and length uh, pretty consistent. He's a very, very tough uh, bowler to uh, play. So, that's my 11. So, before we move on to each of your series predictions, uh, Gaurav, I'm just going to stick with you about one thing. Because I think it's it's slipped under the radar a bit. And it's it's upsetting to me that we haven't used the name of Ishan Sharma a lot in the in the lead up to to this series because I think with all the drama surrounding Rohit, the other Sharma has been forgotten a bit. I was I was prepared to celebrate is his hundred test in Australia. Unfortunately, it is not going to happen. How big a miss really will he be though to this Indian test attack because he's really come leaps and bounds over the past few years hasn't he? Yeah it's going to be massive uh, you, you, you're you spot on I think more than Rohit Sharma uh, even though the hype is about Rohit Sharma the batsman I think Ishan Sharma the bowler was uh, ex- exceedingly good last time in Australia and he's been really good over the last 2-3 years his angle from around the wicket and also his consistent line uh, to the right-handers uh, uh, I think he's experienced and what this would be his fourth to this would have been his fifth to to uh, Australia right yeah fifth to to Australia and that's like not many uh, uh, pace bowlers or not many Indian cricketers uh, actually get to go on five tours to Australia this would have been and that's come so much experience uh, I think they're going to miss Ishan, Ishant a lot, which is why uh, the Australian pace attack slightly edges over um, the Indian pace attack. You don't know what you can get from Umesh or Siraj or Saini, right? They're going, we really don't know what we're going to get. So that aspect uh, is why Australia is slightly ha- ahead uh, uh, than India. So Ishant is a big miss. Yeah, Dan, in the pink ball test, uh, and I'll ask you this about India as well. India played a four-man pace attack with Siraj, Saini, Bumrah and and Shami. Is, is there any feeling in the Australian camp that India may go in with a similar attack without Ashwin there? Uh, it's an interesting question. I think that the, um, uh, the Australians, uh, they respect Ashwin as a, as a bowler, but they clearly think he's a much more difficult proposition in India than in Australia. Um, whereas uh, Nathan Lyon obviously has a, an outstanding record bowling in Australia and an even um, better one uh, bowling in, um, in an Adelaide Oval, uh, whether with a pink ball or a red ball. So uh, I think maybe there's there, um, not that it's, it's a derisive view, but, but certainly one that um, uh, they're confident in the lineup of their two off spinners that, uh, that Lyon does a better job in Australian conditions than Ashwin. Um, whether that translates into Ashwin not playing, um, I mean, it's a yeah, it's it's an interesting one to be picking four quick bowlers when you don't really have um, a, 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 a an all round option or you know a, a, a balance of your of your team, which you know Australia are really pushing hard to try to get back with the um, promotion of Cameron Green, not that he's going to be at full bowling capacity just yet. Um, and obviously, you know, the the, the issue in it, that India have with um, Hardik Pandya not being um, not being around, um, it, yeah, it, it, it's certainly been the case 
in the past with India coming to Australia that their the balance of their of their side, the amount of bowling options that they've got relative to conditions that might change over the course of five days, all that sort of thing, um, they've struggled to find that to find that balance. And and I think um, having a quality spin bowler who they can rely on to at least give um, the quick bowlers a little bit of a breather. Um, certainly the Australians see that as critical to, to their attack and, and, and would, would probably think India do too. Yeah, I mean, I probably not probably not in the first test, but I would wager, Gaurav, that we will see Siraj and Saini and or Saini during the course of the series, right? Yeah, yeah I guess so. It really depends on how, uh, whether, uh, how the match goes. So, yeah. Uh... Let's see. I, I maybe yeah, the odd test there I, we might see, but I think if no injuries, it will be Bumrah, Shami, and uh, Umesh most of the time. Dan, let's end this with uh, maybe a series prediction from you and what you're probably looking forward to in the first test, particularly. And Dan, I want one prediction from you: whether Steve Smith's average is going to go up or whether it's going to go down. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll answer the I'll I'll answer the uh, the second one first. Um, I think Steve Smith's average against India will go slightly down, but his overall average will go slightly up. How about that? Wow. Wow. Okay. We'll check this at the end of uh, the fourth test. And uh, and as far as a series prediction, uh, I will say uh, 3-1 to Australia. And uh, for the sake of the series, I reckon it would be, uh, it would be good to see uh, India get up in Adelaide because then the uh, the the story is alive all the way through the rest of the series. So it's basically when Virat Kohli is there, India is going to win. That's what you're saying, there. <laughs> well, it uh, it might um, it might just tilt the balance somewhat. Mm. Gaurav? Yeah. So I think uh, what I think will decide the series is going to be tail end batting and how the spinner goes, uh, whether Lion versus Ashwin or Lion versus Kuldeep and how the tail end batting gets those valuable runs. It happened in England. So that's what I think is going to make the difference. I think most of the other aspects of the game are going to cancel off between India and Australia. So my prediction is 2-1 to Australia with one draw. Yeah, so we'll we'll see how, how both of you all get along. One said 3-1 to Australia, one said 2-1 to Australia. Listener, thank you so much for joining us on this uh, preview podcast for Australia versus India. We'll be back after the end of almost every single day of all four test matches. So join me, join Gaurav, possibly Dan and, and many others on Stump Mike as well. Dan, Gaurav, enjoy the series and thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.